So, podcast starting in three, two, one, and hello and welcome everybody. I hope all of you are doing well. I hope all of you are staying safe with these crazy times going on in 2021. Um, and welcome to the first ever podcast of Quick Hist. And I'm here joined by my wonderful and only sister, my my Mika, Tardivo Mesa. Now her name is Michaela. Michaela, also known as Michaela in the states. In the states, Michaela. <laughs> Michaela. So yeah, welcome everybody to our first ever podcast in the Quick His channel. I hope you enjoy. I hope all of you are having a wonderful. Um, whatever day you're listening to, evening or morning, if you want to listen to the morning, you know, some people like listening in the morning when they yeah, wake up, sure. you know, slowly, and we're going to have like jazz in the background, oh, you nice. know, we have jazz in the background. You can just chill, you guys, grab a snack. Grab a snack. Grab a snacky snack. A cup of coffee, a tea. Tea. They're very different from our, from our first video on the channel, you know, like yeah. very... You super were, energetic, it was super. So good. I laughed so much. <laughs> you did. I oh. laughed so much. I, I was trying my best, but if it you guys didn't didn't uh, see that video yet, um, check it out in our channel. It's it, I talk about the imperialism specifically about the British Empire. And British. The, the British. British. A bottle. We want a bottle. So yeah, um, that's modern imperialism. Uh, modern imperialism with the British, with the British show. Definitely check that out if you need some quick hist notes about it. Get it? Yeah. Get it? No. Oh my quick god! <laughs> so yeah, this is a very <laughs> different approach from the the first video, which is like super hyper. And now this is more like you know, we're just having a conversation. We're just conversing. We're just a, a vibing. We're vibing, bro. We're vibing. We're vibing in speakable imperialism, we're neo imperialism. Uh, yeah, we're talking about imperialism again because we know we love it. We know it's still present. <laughs> no, it's. I, I, I know you still exist. <laughs> I thought you said you know we're still oppressed, but and you said you no, know, still present, but at the same time, like both of them work. Both of them work, cause y'all y'all know we're from Latin America. <laughs> we are from Latin America, so that does that count as like how did like Trump say like trash countries? Did he? So he said that about Haiti or Haiti. Well, I mean, he did want to sell Puerto Rico. You know, he was like, "Can we sell Puerto Rico?" Oh my God. Because of like after all the hurricanes, he was like, "Can we sell Puerto Can Rico?" We sell Puerto Rico. They don't even speak English. <laughs> they don't even speak English. They don't speak English. What the heck? No. But without further ado, without further introductions, I'm here with my wonderful sister Micaela Tardivo. My name is Angela. Welcome to the Quick Hits Podcast, where we be, where we be diving in. <laughs> Into imperialism, neo imperialism, neo imperialism, neo like neo, like, neo, neo like the Matrix. Like neo. I have never seen the Matrix. Book. What? I have never seen it, and I love Keanu Reeves, but I've never, never seen, seen the, the Matrix? Matrix. I saw it in my philosophy class for the first time, and it was actually really like. It's really I can't cool. with the color though. It's, it's all yeah, green. no, it, the the color is, but for the for the time that it was created, yeah, it's actually really cool. Oh my god! It's I know people were like, "What if we were brains in the machine?" But yeah. but obviously, like that's why we we watched it in the philosophy class. You know, it's like, what if we're all pl plugged in in the program? Oh yeah, but. At least in my experience, either the aliens computers got because, like sometimes in in we are so off topic. Okay, now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Whatever. So yeah, imperialism. What <laughs> is imperialism? Imperialism and neo imperialism. You want to take it away? 
we going again like i got i got i got you bros broskies um so i got the definition of imperialism from encyclopedia Brit britannica oh talk about imperialism it's it's imperialism state policy practice or advocacy of extending power and dominion especially by direct territorial acquisition or by gaining political and economic control of other areas and that's the like, that's the traditional the word. traditional definition of imperialism like yeah when you talk about imperialism to anybody that's what immediately what they would think like you know power of a country yeah. expanding it's conquering like england being like mm, africa mm. <laughs> yeah mine mine exactly yeah. and so yeah that's the tradition of like what you would think about it mm -hmm. but 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 what oh neo-imperialism neo it's just neo it's not it's not necessarily based on territorial acquisition, but more of like economic, social, and cultural control over Ooh. the territories, you so know? What, what does that mean? You want to, man? Well, like, we're specifically talking about beauty standards and how that is related to neo-imperialism. Mm. We're so, going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, so neo-imperialism. How, yeah. Yeah, so how... So just like quickly run it down and summarizing. So neo-imperialism is the idea, or... Actually, the the I was gonna say the idea, but I'm not gonna use the word idea twice. It's okay. The definition it's that the an idea can be the the conquering and the the power mm -hmm. that is like infiltrating in or oh you said the other word. Remember, idea it was not idea. You said entity, right? Yeah. It's like the certain entity that has a certain power over something. Yeah, it's it spreads this idea, whether yeah. that's like for example, capitalism in the in the United States and how that idea of like capitalist capitalist like and democratic first goes and spreads throughout the whole world, right? Yeah. Or or how we're going to dive in beauty standards, you know, who set the beauty standards? Like and how is that controlled? Exactly. Like who gives like who controls this? Who mm -hmm. dictates this? Like it's about control because most it, of that. Yeah, no because and, and it's interesting because like a lot of people just think that imperialism is like oh, divide and conquer, you know, but yeah. w but there's like these ideas that are still affecting us today because yeah. there's certain cultures and entities that still control this idea of what beauty. is of yeah. what is beauty what is, what is beauty. capitalism what is um food is what we're gonna talk about food. Mm -hmm. we're so, gonna talk about food but you know From what that, right now mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about beauty standards Ooh. oh my god i like this quote by this guy that talk, it, it explains like how neo-imperialism any type of imperialism works okay um he's called michael nicholson and he wrote a paper called michael, michael he wrote a paper called Imperialism, Post-Imperialism, and Neo-Imperialism. Um, I think um, it's so interesting because he says there is an asymmetric relationship between the imperial power and its client. The imperial power can control aspects of the client's behavior in its own interest where there's no, no reciprocal influence by the client. Get it? Like the you don't get it i do get it okay i, I do get it <laughs> yeah so basically if y'all want to understand like the one that controls is the one that sets the standards mm -hmm, exactly set, and it doesn't work the other way around. i was if you looked at me like i was just like weird because my 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 i was looking at you straight forward because i was like thinking how i can like you know simplify it but you you simplified it yeah <laughs> it's just like who sets the bar who sets the standard right yeah. Of certain ideas. That's certain basically things. all it is. Mm -hmm. And that's how basically these type of like neo-imperialism, like, fa like, not factors, how do you say, like, how do you say 
Um, keep looking at you because I keep thinking about it as well. <laughs> how neoimperialism is connected with beauty standards. That's the, I mean, it's connected with a lot of things, but today we're definitely going to talk yeah, about Yeah, because it's definitely standards. asymmetric because of how, like, the relation with beauty comes from the West. Like, Western countries still hold influence around the world definitely. regarding how humans have to look mm-hmm. and encouraging Eurocentrism. And it never really works Eurocentrism. Out. Yeah. So... Um, Eurocentrism. Yeah, bruh. It's just like this belief. Preach. That uh, uh, that the Western world is like better. You know, anything that comes from the West is gonna be better than anything else. Anything else. Basically. If, if we wanna like, um, Summarize it. Oh yeah, Eurocentrism. Yeah. Summary Eurocentrism. Just like thinking that the, the Western world is like the one we have to follow, mm-hmm. like the standards and everything. And definitely, it will make more sense the more we talk about it. But that's just like keep that in mind, right? Yeah. So that's what Eurocentrism is, because we're definitely gonna, um, it's definitely gonna expand with the more the more we talk about it. Yeah. Like for example, um what we view as beautiful um i'm beautiful sure um <laughs> what we view as beautiful it's like very much a white white centered like mm-hmm. um you know like having straight hair straight, yeah. being skinny having like pale bright skin, eyes right like right blue eyes you know mm-hmm. and that comes from Eurocentricity because those are very much European, Western, like, of course. looks. Of yeah. are... It's like, oh, you to be pretty, you need to be this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we, like, Westernization is, like, an example of, like, gaining power. How come? Because, like, the West is what controls, the, like, as you said, that's, mm-hmm. like, controls the economy, controls, like, um has controlled many parts of the world like well, Africa, the ideology what yeah. it is, right not necessarily like control control directly, yeah the ideology like, it's like mm-hmm. what is left from the colonial times because they def- definitely did the europeans definitely did control like mm-hmm. south american territory latin american territory mm-hmm. african territory um mm-hmm. the east and hong kong by the british and like india as well so but- so like all of those like having control over all of those parts of the world obviously uh-huh. the ideals they had like ingrained in all of, like, of these quote-unquote colonies and now like independent countries mm-hmm. are not easy like easy to erase mm-hmm. you know but it also affected countries that are not that weren't even colonies as well. yeah exactly because of how much power they gained through mm-hmm. colonization for example russia remember about the ta- the, re- the beer tax the beer tax do you remember? Bro- I do remember Broski we talked about it. About the beer tax. Sis, sis, siski? No, stop. <laughs> and like, that's an idea of like westernization as an, as like, even, like to even the playing field. To like, even the playing field. Like, you want like to being on, on the same level. Mm-hmm. Like, like in competing? Order, we have to be westernized in order to compete. That's an idea, you well, know? Well, yes, right? Yeah. We have to be westernized in order to compete that's with the West. That's like an idea that was like very prevalent mm-hmm. and it's still very prevalent very prevalent um, which is kind of especially with colonization because i read an article from this smithsonian magazine uh, and it talks about the beer tax and 
Who set the beard tax? It's just Peter the First in Russia. In Russia, like Ooh. a Tsar and Emperor. It's called Russia. The article is called "Why Peter the Great Established the Beard Taxes," Ooh. and basically, Why? he it Why? a quote from it um, says that. Um, the westernization affected the aesthetic of like how people should look and dress and for nobility and merchants the tax would be as 100 rubles annually for commoners right so they were gonna tax people yeah with long beards that had long beards because that was um sorry like long beards was not western that was not western it was eastern yeah eastern not so like the eastern look was not like we don't, we, we don't, like, we can't compete with the Eastern look with the West. So yeah. we have to, like you said, to even assimilate. The yeah, exactly. basically, even in the penalty for you. It also says, like, a quote from it, it says, European powers such as England and the Dutch were exploring and colonizing the globe and impinging on each other's borders. With the goal of learning from European nations, six successes peter the first spent time during 1697 and 1698 traveling around europe then you tell me he also was like disguised yeah yeah right he, he was like in secret see, yeah he just wanted to see what these guys were doing bro <laughs> but why secret though because he just he didn't want to don't be suspicious don't be... but that's more okay I, I would say it's more suspicious. it's like a fun fact you know it is a fun fact imagine just like i want to i wonder how they what they're doing and yeah. just like you're the czar and you just like dress up and you know, go around the world it's like okay now i know what i gotta do i gotta i gotta cut the beards i gotta cut the beard see <laughs> and now we're gonna have the the sir mustache the sir mustache the the like the, the typical the tips yeah. rolled because if you have a be like you if you're a dumbledore no that you were gonna like mega tax you're gonna get a super tax mega tax super tax so if you were a hipster <laughs> You're a hipster. You're a hipster with like you the. You are cool. Oh, with you only had the beard. mustache though. If oh, you no. had the yeah. long beard, you 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 make a tax. You get tax. You get tax. That's so crazy. I know. And it, but it's a perfect example on how like you know the Western was it's affecting affected. the the beauty uh, the beauty standards already by what was the year nineteen. It's seventeen said seventeenth century late late seventeenth century. Okay, I don't know why I said nineteen then. I. That's brain fart, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart. Um, but yeah, um, that's crazy. I know. Should we talk about like how that affected like the African American community? Of course, of course. Do you like want to say something about that? The African American community. No, like how that affected the African American community. Well, well, definitely. Like you and I were talking about it before yeah. this, like yesterday and the day before, how, um, yeah since the western was setting the standards and you know like you said the west was full of white people yeah <laughs> it was full of white people bright colored eyes skinny white skin yeah. and, and straight hair blonde even if you want and you know the african-american community or for the african-american community um it's it's different for them yeah. you know most of them have curly hair or it's yeah. not frizzy right curly hair yeah their skin is obviously of a different color. Yeah. Their their the eyes the the usual color is also brown. You know, yeah. like even we Latinos have mostly like brown eyes. Yeah. Usually, if somebody has bright eyes, it's because it's mixed. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard for for them and for the African American community to like assimilate to this standard because they're just it's their not bodies, natural. It's yeah. not natural. It's different. Like, yeah. Like it, we have to like acknowledge the beauty standards are very much man made. You know. Yeah. 
it's exactly. very much um it's not something that it's like in like biological but it's like Mm, yeah. yeah. No, I mean it's biologically impossible to assimilate for some people. Yeah, it's but like this, like but beauty the standards are made by man. By man. Yeah, yeah. especially the West. Um, um I read this article. West Coast. Not article. It's a journal. It's called "Beauty of Spain: By Black Women's Identity and Their Struggle with Embracing Natural Hair," by Yamile Spencosme. Yamile. Yeah, and she says in the context of Western ideals. The same message tends to be internalized in the sense that straight hair is stereotypically beautiful mm-hmm. as a result of black women struggle with embracing their natural hair oh yeah exactly. and she also says if one's hair does not fit the eurocentric ideal standard it is viewed as undesirable and as a result black women struggle with embracing their natural hair celebrating their bodies that they're in and practicing self-love so which is know it's which like, is crazy yeah. like it's like I, I, you they were born that way you know it's like it's it's yeah like you like if you were born that way then what's what's like the problem you know mm-hmm. and it's not even like you know one in one thousand that they're born that way it's like a whole even a continent you know africa yeah <laughs> a country no a country, africa, country. <laughs> africa country no but like yeah, yeah. the african the african country and the african-american people you know out there in the world it's they they, they are it's yeah a big community so it's it's crazy for them to try and assimilate to this <laughs> to this standard but it's it's just like a white standard almost even yeah. it shouldn't there shouldn't be any standards but imagine you're trying to assume it's like no you, you can explain it more right i was well, gonna make yeah. an example but it's like you know if you're trying to compare like a tiger to a lion almost like why doesn't the tiger that you know you need yeah. to put a mane on like is that a mane like yeah, an angle? A lion has a mane. Okay, like a mane and, yeah. and a hair. But tigers are just, they don't. We're they don't. beautiful. It's just yeah. like, guys, we're beautiful in so many different ways. Exactly. We just have to know that, like, beauty is like a made up concept by, like, white men that were like, mm, women that are white are, like, beautiful. And, like, mm-hmm. that message has been spread because of colonization, you know? Because of their. Um, power over the market because of holding essentially power by exploiting mm-hmm. minorities and well well i wouldn't even say just minorities but because like it still affects yeah the, even the white people yeah of, of the of the day and age you know like the white people even like obviously i know they're white and, and they have more i would say privilege well, not not privilege I, I wasn't gonna say privilege but just like they are closer to the standard, right? Yeah. But but they still have to struggle. Like, what if you're like a little bit overweight, or what if you're just like you you you're white but you have brown eyes and yeah. you're not, or you're brown and you're not blonde and you're yeah. brunette. You know, like even the white people can struggle with this standard. Yeah, and. But now we're gonna focus on the African American, just so I don't get yeah. sidetracked. I was just an explanation. It definitely is, though. Um, an example. That's an example. But um, you also like, um, I see in our notes. Uh, we also talked about, you know, Zahira Kelly that that connects kind of with Yamilex, you know, the yeah. quotes from Yamilex. She so who was her? She made a speech on Boston College, on twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and there's an article about it. Um, specifically, in the the website of sorry, my the Heights. It's called the article is called Colonialism Influenced Beauty Standards. Activist says. Um, it's written by Sorry. Isabel Fenoglio. Oh. Yeah. Um, and she talks about like 
exactly what we were talking about, like how colonialism like shaped our perception of beauty, you know, mm-hmm. and how that affects her community. She says, um, this concept, Kelly explained, resulted in the exploitation and oppression of minority women who were forced to conform to certain societal standards and face ostracism. She cited pressures to lose weight, get plastic surgery, change hairstyles, and alter one's behavior, a, a practice known as code switching. That's crazy. And then she also said, um, resulted in the exploitation of creation of minority women who were forced to conform to certain societal standards or face ostracism. She cited pressure to lose weight, get plastic surgery, change hairstyles, you know? Oh, I am repeating myself. No, but it's okay. I think, like, I know you were repeating yourself, but I didn't stop you because, like, I think it's an important um, piece of information. Yeah. Like, like, okay. <laughs> I was trying to say it's like it's um important to 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 realize it's 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 an important quote that's what I'm trying to say you know because the fact that people are having to like you know even get to the point where they have to do plastic mm-hmm. surgery to change their own bodies that they were born in yeah to just like try and assimilate to this standard yeah I think and it shows that this is 2016 so like it still happens today it's not something obviously that has, like passed on you know. I think we can talk about Cat Graham. Graham? Cat Graham's uh, like another example of like how it still happens today. But you is that the She yeah, the actress. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about the Pavita Rao first as well. No, cuz that also has to do but she's a journalist mm-hmm. and she's also like speaks specifically about um the skin bleach. Skin bleaching. Which which you told me that like we were talking about about, about it, like when we were researching it together, and you told me it was like it's, it's still it's, it's first of and all it's, it's dangerous, still, yeah. and they still do it. And I think you have some numbers. Can you throw me some? I numbers? got you some numbers. You she me- wrote an article for the UN website that says paying a high price for those skin bleaching, and she got the the statistics from the World Health Organization, and they're from 2011, but it's still relevant today. And it showed that 40% of African women bleach their skin. 40%? Yeah, in some countries, the figure is higher, like 70% of women in Nigeria, 70, 59% in Togo, 35% in South Africa, 27% in Senegal, and 25% in Mali. Use light skin products. Wow. You know, just to get to that standard. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's crazy. 77% and in some countries. And it's dangerous, bro. Like, it literally can get, like, one of the side effects is blindness, discoloration. So, so, you can so, even die from it if you are injecting it. Like, those are, like... Oh. And they geez. sell these products, like, over the counter, you know? <laughs> Not the injection one, but, like, the well, creams. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you just told me. So, so just by, by putting, like, the cream over my body, I can get, I can be blind? I, I yeah. Can... Really? Yeah, because it's toxic, bro. Oh, so it's like <laughs> very dangerous, like the Damn. beauty standards Damn. that we Sorry. are exposed to. You know? That's no, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like shocked in a way because I know we, like, we, I read this and we read this, but just saying it out loud, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's 77%. Mm-hmm. And like it. It's just to show you that this is still relevant. Obviously, very like, relevant. Even though, like, there, the movement from 1962 called Black is Beautiful is one of the movements that are, like, helping and is still relevant. Helped, it helped during the 60s, like, 
to one of like it was one of the first movements that said like hey like our traits our african traits are okay like they are beautiful um there was this fashion show made in like 1962 in a, called the purple manor um i got the info from a bbc article titled the birth of black is beautiful movement by pre and the article is called is written by precious adesina and then she describes the movement as featuring black women who had chosen to move away from western beauty standards the models who walked down the catwalk that night wore their afro hair with pride their clothes were That's inspired cool. by designs from lagos accra and nairobi and their skin was darker and their bodies fuller figured than the woman pictured in fashion magazines including black publication yeah um, and it, yeah, so the, this movement did help establish, establish right? like this, the, like, the blackest beautiful movement help mm -hmm. establish like this notion of like, it's okay to not look <laughs> white it, it, and it's, European, you know? It's okay. Yeah, definitely. But it's, yeah, but there's like, it doesn't mean that they solved, they well, solved it. It doesn't but, mean that. Um, yeah, but it's it's like we're 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 showing. It helps. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, it, it it definitely helps. But as it as there are movements like the Black is Beautiful movement that they are trying to help and trying to like you know take this uh, or just like I wouldn't say would it be good to say take the standard because like, at the same time I still believe like the standard was always gonna be there for some people. But I was just gonna say just change the standard. Yeah. Okay? Take yeah. So change the standard. But as we have the this Black is Beautiful movement to change the standard. We also have examples of people that are still even struggling today, like... Kat Graham. I have never really liked the Vampire Diaries. She was in it. She was Ooh, Bonnie. She was like a witch or something. She's a witch? In the show. Um, no, you're, you're Team Edward, right? Bro, that's not the same. I, no, <laughs> I, I know, I know, but it's just like, you know, you don't watch Vampire Diaries. No, I didn't like the Vampire Diaries because I was like, Because you're like, Twilight no, Edward. Is cool. Um, I like, I like that. I don't it's funny like how you like the... The, the colonizer, white, yeah. Yeah, the white guy from... Girl, I still <laughs> have... I, I don't know, man. I mean, he was pretty good looking. Yeah. And now this is from like a man to man, you know? Mm, yeah. So, he, I respect he, it. He was, he is still pretty good looking. But, girl, he, she, she talks about her hair journey in a, like a Vogue video that I recently found. And it's basically like, I thought when I watched this, oh, it's just gonna be like a beauty routine. And yeah. then she gets really emotional talking about her, her, her hair journey. Jeez. She said the African Afro texture is not something that Hollywood has ever necessarily embraced. So I hope that one day I can play a character that I actually look like. Wow. That's powerful. That's like so powerful, especially like you would think like she's an actress, like she was right? one of the most yeah. popular shows, like, like you would think she was doing like good. She was doing good, yeah, exactly. But no, like she was like n not allowed to like wear her natural hair because like I don't know why. Like there are like it's alleged that they they um, the showrunners and producers were like racist towards her. Jeez. It's, and like she left the show early because of that, but she. But what, like, there's definitely like examples uh, that you talked about. Yeah. You want to say something? She of them? gets really emotional in the video. Like she starts crying because like, um, she was not a. First of all, like her hair, like through the years, she was not allowed to like show it naturally. You know, I think that's had a toll on her. She's during about the series, it. like right during the yeah, filming. during the series, she says that she got damaged. 
her hair got her damaged. Her hair damaged, damaged because she had to got a wig constantly, have pins in her hair, like wig glue, Ooh. braids, like constantly. It's, that show had like eight seasons, like eight years <laughs> of that. It, oh um, my god! Yeah, you're right. If you think about it, eight yeah. seasons. And she was never allowed to wear her natural hair. Um, and she, she even like. She also gets emotional in the video because she she's biracial. Mm -hmm. So like she explained how her like mom would take her to the salons. Mm -hmm. Um and like she, her to mom, get her hair done. Yeah, right? to get her hair done. And the mom never really taught her. And then later in life she also she kept going to those salons and like now in quarantine she had to be alone and mm -hmm. she wouldn't have that access. And then her she got emotional because like she says that um, she talks about the hairstylist and how she gave her like the right necessary products and She starts crying at that part because it says and I and uh, and it was almost like she knew referring to like the hairstylist mm -hmm. I was going to be on my own and I never had to be on my own with my hair and That's and then she goes explaining about like how it helped her out, you know, it's but it's crazy because that's it shows again um she to the point where, where somebody cries because you know yeah first of all i don't okay the mom could have definitely probably taken time to learn how to yeah like, but that's also but, like criticizing like mom shaming on yeah you. but i'm not I'm, not I'm not trying to mom shame here i'm not trying to mom that's bro, what i'm saying she did the best I, she could exactly no i i'm not <laughs> i'm not trying to mom shame here like i understand that being of mix, you know, the one you said the mom being white and the dad being black, right? Yeah. Okay, so what I was trying to say, I wasn't trying to mom shame, is that you know the mom always took her to the salon, right? Yeah. Because, because she. She also, doesn't know how exactly. To do it. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't mom shaming. Okay, you were not mom. Shaming. I was not mom shaming. Okay. Hey, yeah. Grammarly, if you ever want to sp sponsor. Stop. Wait. <laughs> If Grammarly, if you ever want to sponsor us, hey, I never mom shade and I will never mom shade. Why Grammarly though? My my mom, it's I'm um Okay, keep talking. Okay, I was just gonna say, I, no, okay, no mom shame. I'm not I mom shame. Get to the point. So no, what I was trying to say is that it's crazy to think about this girl, right, Kat, um, mm -hmm. that when she was alone. She and, and she had to like, you know, kind of do her hair and on her own yep. because either it was like the, the saloon or the salon people who did it or mm. saloon or or even the like the, the cast, you know, uh, or when she was like filming, right? Mm -hmm. That they had to do her hair and now she was on her own. And I guess that shows that she was just so much subjected to this standard that to the point where she was like, what am I going to do with my hair? Yeah. You know, like there is not really a a lot of like now i think youtube has like so many perks and like yeah definitely. definitely but it's also new so mm -hmm. and you can like definitely learn from youtube tutorials but like let's remember like there wasn't youtube yeah the i mean we, like it, it's still not the same you yeah, know it's no. still not the same especially because what i'm trying to say is like she's been like i want to say program but she's been like living through this her whole life and now all of a sudden she's alone with it, you know? Yeah. It's like somebody grabbing your hand in a way because like, okay, I'm gonna help you style your hair or this is how your hair has to look all the time whether you're filming or whether you're in the salon, mm -hmm. but now you're on your own. You're like, okay, yeah. what am I gonna do with my hair? Do I just leave it like that? Yeah, because there's like- Or do I like have to like push it down, straighten it because like that's how everybody is. Yeah, also disclaimer, we're not 
talking about like if there are black or african-american women or like people of color who want to have like weave or like well, straighten their no, hair no that's fine that is fine like but that's the choice that's that you, choice. it should be your choice mm -hmm. yeah it, shouldn't it should be, be forced exactly yeah. here fist bump let's go um i don't want to talk a lot about reappropriation beauty and about the beauty standards because it's like ugh, that could also take like a whole other podcast <laughs> I mean, to mention it. But I'll least. mention it, you know? Like, what, what is the, the reappropriation beauty standard? So, like, I got... I read it in, uh, an article by NBC called... Black Vision? Black Vision with women for racial appropriation. Black Instagram influencers call out black fishing yeah. white women for racial appropriation. So the term, the like appropriation becomes a problem. Definitely. Because now the beauty traits that white or Caucasian individuals have demonized, uh -huh. because they were not stereotypically Eurocentric, mm -hmm. is now being celebrated. But it's still celebrating by not, but they're not acknowledging where it comes from, like making it like. Therefore, it makes it like a commodity. It erases the painful history it has, and it's making it, it. It's basically these traits that we are appropriating is only beautiful if the oppressor or the colonizer uses it. You know, if the oppressor or the colonizer uses it. Yeah, quote unquote oppressor, quote unquote colonizer. It's only beautiful. It's you... only beautiful. It becomes you... a problem because a white if a white person uses it. Oh, okay, so it's like reverse in a way. Yeah, so like, yeah. at okay. the same time, they become beautiful only because the white oppressor is, is taking on these traits. That, like, for example, the Kardashians with their okay. like, boxer braids, quote unquote, and they are appropriating like Bantu braids. Bantu braids. Yeah, Bantu braids. Bantu braids. Or like they are darkening their skin. Mm -hmm. So I know, I just want to make this, I just want to like clear yeah. this up. When you talk about it, this is like saying it's only beautiful because we're going against the oppression? No. No, this is not what you're saying. It's only beautiful oh. because the oppressor decides it's beautiful. Something that wasn't oh. beautiful. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I understand that much. But then you were saying that, um, the other part. <laughs> what? Like, basically... Like, with the Kardashians, right? Like, yeah, are, the are Kardashians. They, what were you trying yeah. to say is, are they setting a, a different standard? Yeah, because... No, they are. Like, now they're saying, like, the Kardashians are white women, essentially. And they're with powerful white women. Okay. And they're saying, like... Are they? Yeah. I think they're really... But they're kind of, like, tan. But they're they're tanning themselves. Like, there's videos but of like, Kim... Have you like, seen Drake? Bro, no, like literally Drake is half. Like, okay, that's true. That's true. Okay, okay. They yeah. are not. They, they are white. But isn't, isn't so the they're wearing a lot of bronzer, using braids, getting like uh, like filler, getting like butt, big butt implants. Big booty implants. And Unrealistic. It says in this article that NBC, uh, it says their signature look is constructed of Phenotypically black beauty, accentuated lips, prominent curves, like what we were talking about. And they also sport traditionally black hairstyles, like box braids, like oh, okay. everything. So, like what they're, so, so what they're doing is like the oppressors, because since they're the white woman, yeah. right? They are kind of like setting a realistic standard for these 
African-American woman? No, they're just... Angelo, how did you get I, I, this? I'm so sorry. Like, I know we talked about it, but like... It's saying that there is a danger to it because... Oh. If this becomes the the stand, okay. The, the beauty standard, <sighs> it's not because white women. It's not fool. because black of black women, but it's because of this white woman appropriating and taking away from the black community and saying it's beautiful. Okay, so you're taking away these features from the black woman. Yeah, because they're not acknowledging like. First of all, they're not acknowledging where they come from. Second, it only becomes beautiful because they are wearing it, not oh, because of black women. Okay, I this I don't know why it took me so like I. I <laughs> okay, so it's becoming beautiful, but they're not acknowledging it that it's from the African American yeah. and black so culture. I'll, yeah, so that's a layer, another layer of. But it's still an example. Yeah, I know. And it's it's like a layer of like how the Western like can appropriate non-western traits and then they and, can become oh, a standard so it's oh also dangerous I, I don't know why this took me so long because like we i know we talked about it like prior to the podcast yeah. we were doing our research and everything together right yeah right yeah 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 so, so i know we were doing this research, but i don't know why like well sorry i just like was patting it um no so no i'm sorry because like my 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 brain just took like a huge fart my brain just like farted and, and I was having a hard time understanding. So, that, let me just run it down, right? Bro, you, no, you no, already no. run it down. <laughs> just for the audience. Just this the, is not even the, just, the most important thing about it. Just for the audience. So, the clear, they understand. The clear example is that when the Westerners, yeah. when the colonizers, yeah. when, when, the, when, the, when the Westerners grab something from like whatever culture, in this example, the African-American, like, yeah. like, uh, I would say community, community mm -hmm. when they grab it and then they're saying it's beautiful, now it's becoming beautiful, but only because yeah. they grabbed it. Exactly. Oh, and I, don't know how I'm a, I'm a, I don't know how I have a history channel, uh, uh, like YouTube channel and trying to teach people history when I'm having a hard time in my, on my own podcast. It is a hard concept though, like... It, it's not easy, you know? But I'm glad. Okay, we got it through. We got, we it, got through. it through. And last but not least, we're going to talk about our, like, colonialism, beauty standards in Latin America. Like, in our, our, own, in um, our own country. In our, our own experience. experience. Like, to... to ¿Cómo se dice? Cerrar. Cerrar. Like, Cerrar closing? Our, oh, closing art? Closing words? Closing remarks? Yes. Um, we know, we studied yeah. the caste system, Angelo. Woo! Can you explain a little bit about About what the caste is? system? Yes. Like, in your own words, like, basically remember that the whites... Yeah. And the... Ay, bro, boludo, no sé cómo decir en inglés, pero... No, wait. It's okay. It's I, okay. Have a, I have a quote. Okay, in, okay. In that quote, it explains it. If I it that's what I'm trying it, to do. Yeah. So say it and I'll help you. Like, say what we got and yeah. I'll help you. Okay. So in the research journal titled Latin Americans Racial Caste System, mm -hmm. Salient Marketing Implications, Ruti de Martinez, University of Northern Colorado, USA, Vish Liar, University of Lower Colorado, USA. It's a long title. No, I think there's just like the universities are like the sponsors oh, of a okay. publication. But the, the, the research journal titled Latin American Racial Case System, Salient Marketing Implications by Rutilio Martinez. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
So that, those are just like the publishers are where he got the ideas from yeah. as well, the sources. So it, the recruitment, it says, in, in colonial times, the Latin American societies were organized in a rigid, racially determined caste system. Mm -hmm. The upper two castes included whites only. And below the, the two came the caste forms by individuals mixed their appearance and Indian ancestry. The mestizos next in the pecking order were those of mixed European and Africa ancestry, the mulattoes. And then lowest caste were the Indians and the blacks. Yeah, so... From the perspective of the whites, this hierarchy was more than a mere expression of colonial power. Mm -hmm. It was also an expression of na natural order regarding intelligence and beauty among the races. Yeah. So just... <laughs> So yeah, it was basically the cast isn't just saying like, oh, these people have more standards, more rights, and then they are more beautiful. They're more beautiful. Well, yeah. in, in this specific case that we're talking about, yeah. But I was talking about the caste system in general. But in this case, definitely like, oh, so in the top of the pyramid, these are the most beautiful, and then yeah. it keeps lowering and lowering. And the lower you are, the less beautiful you are. The, yeah, the less yeah. rights you have, the less of a human being you mm -hmm. are. You know? But the ones in the top of the of the caste system are the ones who control as well. Yeah. Like what is considered beautiful? Because yeah. okay, first of all, they're the ones who control the caste system. Yeah. And then. No, that's basically it's how they basically get. the Spanish and like the Spanish born in Latin America. They're mm -hmm. still white, so so the, yeah, the Creoles. Those are the Creoles, the mm -hmm. Creole, Creoles. Creoles, yeah, Creoles. Yeah. The, the white then born mestizos in mestizos. I think mestizos are just mestizos, mulatos, mm -hmm. so mestizos, tambos, all of those. Yeah, mestizos are the combination of a white person with an indigenous person yeah. or an Indian person. Yeah, and then we have mulatos, which is indigenous. White. No. Was it? No, it's white and, and oh, black. Oh, white and black. That's mulatto. And, and Zambo was Zambo indigenous. Zambo was indigenous and black. black. And then black people and well, yeah, black Native people. American. No, natives. And yeah, Native Native Americans and and then the blacks that came from yeah. the African Americans. Well, not African Americans. The blacks that came from, you know, slave, slave the colonies. The slave trade. Yeah, slave trade, basically. Yeah. So it's like the... what? So they, they, the colonies had this system of like... The, yeah. Putting like people in like this certain section, right? Yeah, like saying who who is beautiful, who is not, is basically saying who has more white traits. <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah, so it's like engraved in colonialism in Latin America, and then like even though we are like in the, clearly in the United States, it's more of like a segregated like legacy. Like mm -hmm. they didn't mix. The Spanish did mix with the natives. Yeah, no, here we have like a big so, story of yeah, mixing. So, Wait, that can take another whole other yeah, podcast, but it, it, I'll just quickly summarize it. Basically, a dictator in Paraguay said uh, to, to, to take power out of the, that's the is, This is specifically in Paraguay, though. Yeah, this is specific, not not, not Latin America, this is Paraguay. Yeah. One of our, the first dictator we had, which was around the 1850, I think it was 1850. Yeah. Um, or 1840s. Don't quote me on that. But what he said was, to to take off the the power from the whites or the Europeans that we're still here even though we mm -hmm. we ind we know we got independent, um, he said the white people still had a lot of power or they thought of themselves like just like you said the most beautiful or the the best. So what our dictator says like no white person can marry another white, yeah, per white it person. Yeah, it was illegal. So it was illegal. If you were white, you cannot marry another white person. Yeah. You can marry a mestizo, you can marry a mulatto, you can marry a zambo, you can marry a Native American, you can yeah, marry a, a black person. It, but it, you cannot marry another white person if you were white. That yeah. was strictly illegal. And that's how Paraguay is like mixed. Like there's We are mixed, but there's definitely colorism. There is colorism, Yeah. but that's not... Like it's usually from immigrants that came from outside. Yeah. So... 
you know, and it's like, this is still in practice today, like, um, what is beautiful is, it's, it's like dictated about like, the wider, the wider you are. And the most European. Yeah. Because we have our, our neighbors here. You want to talk about the neighbors or do you have something? Um, yeah, I can speak about like Argentinians. Exactly. Um, so like from personal experience we're talking about here personal experience like argentinians like in paraguay are like if you are argentinian you're like the top of the food chain basically because you are more european well, yeah like if you go to argentina no no one they killed all of their natives guys <laughs> yeah everybody everybody there looks european like the all of them buildings are... are europeans they are it's a country of immigrants from mm -hmm. Italy and like Germany. Even how they dress. Yeah. And like Paraguayans want to emulate that because they that's are what seeing, they think. Yeah. yeah. We it's dictated what well, that's classy, that's mm -hmm. the way to go. So mm -hmm. like having a skinnier body. Having a skinnier body, being white. White, being having like blonde hair. Blonde hair, but flat as well, not frizzy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We they're like I know in the United States, relaxers are used a lot mm -hmm. about in I mean, the African American community to like emulate the straight hair from the colonizer, mm -hmm. but it's also very popular here. And yeah. like our classmates would use it, and they had like white women mm -hmm. or like white Latinas, white Latinas or like like tam like everybody like the <laughs> most of the girls most of the girls in the school no matter like no matter like Asians, what their race was yeah, they like, would get relaxed because like we live in a very humid like mm -hmm. part of the world mm -hmm. so our, of course the, ha the hair is gonna be get frizzy yeah it's it's natural. you're gonna have some frizz but that's normal but like no that was deemed like deemed um yeah it was, it was so funny how like girls used to bring like the straightener yeah, in their in backpacks the and then yeah. when it when it rained like they all go to the bathroom and they were like all straightening it again and they did or like they would get relaxed like most most of my friends got relaxed yeah as well yeah they like curls if, they, if it wasn't relaxed they either did like uh the straighten they straightened yeah, their, straighten like, their hair like every single day they and they most of the girls here in paraguay get the blonde hair like mm -hmm. that get brought like uh, dyed right dyed and it's yeah and if you have a body that it's like not um skinny it's like trashy <laughs> you know definitely I, I would say we're getting better at that but it's still really prominent or at least like i want to say that it, it's prominent in the way that a lot of girls still follow that you know mm -hmm. a lot of girls like you said in our school or the people around us they like they're constantly going to the definitely gym definitely me like we as girls like we internalize some of the stuff it's like we have to deconstruct mm -hmm. it um definitely i did because i don't have a skinny body i'm not skinny but you're you know? not and like that's center i had to like um and i still have to like retrain my brain to think about like because like doesn't matter if you're skinny that doesn't mean you're classy you know or like that's well, like because you're saying because you're white but not skinny yeah mm, okay mm -hmm. I, yeah. yeah i see that and you know what actually just to add something it's funny because as well talking about all of this in our country it's funny how 
um, we talked about it. Babies, remember? They're like, oh my god, the baby has. Yes! <laughs> the oh baby, my god, but that's, I think this is all Latin America. Like, the baby is blonde. It, the baby's blonde. Has blue eyes. It's blue eyes. It's white. Mira, mira, azul. It's azul. Azul. Like, and they, sometimes they don't have, like, blue eyes, but it's like, it's gonna get. Like, it's gonna get brighter. Brighter, like, or like, it's gonna get more, like, lighter <laughs> as, like, um, as time goes by. Or even the hair, it's like. Oh, it's gonna get blonde when it grows up. Mm -hmm. Like they all say, like, oh, like, and they just like, and we're like, sometimes we're like, nah, bro. And it even happens. And look, I'm gonna like, our country, a lot of our country's population, it's very poor, right? Like, like a lot, like big. Yeah. It's it's either poor or middle low class, right? Yeah. And and even like those people that are not getting, you know, the education enough as well. Those people are the ones that are even more prominent to be believing on, you know, the Western beauty standards, you know. Well, yeah, because in, in Latin because America, you have to know that classism, colorism is exact, like this. Yeah. It's they are sisters, they're twins. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, because no, but what I'm saying, what I'm trying to connect is that because, like, you know, if you're, if the education system was better, you would understand that, you know, what, like, that's if you're just. Oh like that. yeah, definitely like. But because there's no education system, you're just like basing it on upon what you see and what you were like raised with, yeah. you know. The thing is, like, with education comes critical thinking. Exactly. So exactly. like, there, our country doesn't like do a lot about okay. education. Mm -hmm. They don't. They 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 mm -hmm. like to keep. They like because they come. Well, that's another like. We yeah, that, that's another. It basically, if you are uneducated, it's easier for politicians to like. Mm -hmm. No, but what I was trying to, I know that we can go. Yeah. What, but what I was trying to say is like, if you're less educated, you're like you said, less prominent to critical thinking, which you would just follow around what's you know the standard, what you were born, raised with, or or just like experienced your whole life, yeah. right, and saw, or. Or, but even in our school, you know, like in our school, girls, like you said, always. Yeah, start. we went to a good school, but oh, yeah. still. But like, still, it's very prominent. It's prominent. So it's, I guess, like, I guess the argument I'm trying to say is like, whether you're educated or not, it's still gonna like affect you. But at least like the educated people have the opportunity. Because I know some girls, you know, that were like, I don't care, you know, I have frizzy hair, whatever, or yeah. I'm tan, I'm not white, or I have like dark brown hair. It's like it's me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely the movement in today's days, you know, like more thicker women and stuff are being more, like, I guess. But yeah. Uh, is it accepted? Would it be accepted or more like... I think it has to do with the Kardashians. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, that, this just goes back to the Kardashians. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Uh, you're right. But that's what we have for, for the beauty standards and, and uh, yeah. neo-imperialism. And we can move on. We can move on, but that's definitely like, and I hope that, you know, that, that makes sense to all yeah, of you. You can definitely leave your comments down below on what you think and we'll, we'll try to respond and see your ideas because you're definitely open to new ideas. You know, we did a mm -hmm. bunch of research before talking about what we're going to yeah. talk about today. And so, yeah, that's, but, you know, beauty standards and, and imperialism, definitely something still very prominent today. Yeah. And I think it's, it's always going to be prominent, you know? I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it, it's it's definitely changing today. It is changing but, today but, because of more. There's more representation. There's mm -hmm. more opportunities. It's not perfect. But, but there's always gonna be there. I believe that's there's yeah. always gonna be some sort of standard over there. You know, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I guess it's hard for people to just 
understand that there can be difference. Like people are like, oh, this is. Weird. And also, beauty gets layered with social media. Yeah, it's exactly. layered with like numbers. Layered with Photoshop. Yeah, like it, there, beauty is a very um, broad, broad concept. But it's like it, it, yeah, it's it, and because and it, because it has so many layers, like it you is, said, yeah, it's it will be hard to change it as a whole. There will yeah. definitely be like certain areas that were gonna be tweaked, but change it as a whole is big because like you said, social media, people like looking at Instagram models and, yeah. and being like, oh my God, this is how I have to be, right? This is like, oh, this is, she's so beautiful. This is what I guess what I have to yeah. do to be beautiful, right? So that's another concept, like. No, but it goes connected to the it beauty, It is, it's like know? beauty, beauty guys, it's just like. Beauty guys, beauty, yeah. Like even, even makeup, you know? Yeah, God, we're getting off topic. No, but makeup kind of makes sense though. Yeah, but. Yeah, um, again, leave your comments down below. We want to talk about if you if you think we missed something, if you want to add something, because we definitely um, are very interested in this topic. And now we come to another topic of new imperialism, which is food, food, you know, the food standards and colonial, uh, colonialism and imperialism, you know. So I want to first start out our topic by but because shouting it's like out. shouting out at the american people the american people and how the immigrant you know how immigrants change their food you know the traditional dishes because of the american standards right mm -hmm. so and this is like a to start off i just want to start with this like easy quote from the jewish woman archive how bagels for them you know they were just an afternoon snack in europe but then but now it, it became embellished with locks and cream and cheese in the America. And now it's an American icon, yeah. you know, when it was traditionally an, a European uh, snack. And then, it then has they, to be adapted. Yeah, it, it, it got adapted because it, the makers were like, you know what? This is too bland. So they probably like, they put a cream cheese, and salmon. Like, I eat. And now it's like, oh, dude, bagels in America. You know what you think? When I think about bagels, I think about America. I, I never would have thought that I would think about like Europe, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're educated, sure. But... Even if I'm educated, well, I think bagels and the best bagels are in America. I think, yeah, honestly, I think bagels are amazing, but we have like we have to acknowledge that. Uh, yeah, of course, we have adapted. to acknowledge they were adapted, but but a lot of people don't, you know, like a lot of people don't know that bagels are from Europe and bagels don't usually didn't initially come with cream cheese. Yeah. It didn't initially come with salmon or with like lox, yeah. and it was an afternoon snack, something that the Americans don't really all usually also do because in in europe and we you know latin america has that a lot mm -hmm. um because you know we were colonized by europe we have what it's called merienda or what in europe is called afternoon tea where we have a snack on the afternoon because we have dinner way later than 5 p.m yeah we have dinner at 8 9 yeah. 10 it's not 5 p.m yeah. and then call it a day for food yeah so so yeah but and but this this also like again I wanted to start with that quote to start with our imperialism and food how the cool yeah. so yeah um, now I want to move on to the Chinese because I think the Chinese um, obviously okay I want to clear this out I'm good. this idea also comes with another with a lot like of the immigrants that came to the United States but I I guess like. And I'm going to talk about why the Chinese was like the main point that I'm going to trying to make, okay, right? Okay, so okay. the Chinese immigrants originally went to the U.S. following the gold rush, right? Yeah. 
And the Chinese and most immigrants communities at the time around the 1850s started facing harsh conditions of racism from Americans because Americans were now, you know, they started to, to, to get worried that there were so many immigrants coming to their country and that the American culture and identity was going to be lost with so many immigrants coming to their country, you know? So they did, they were just, <laughs> yeah, they were just, the Americans got scared that their identity would die if they kept accepting more and more people immigrating to their country, right? Yeah. Because, and, 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 and this, this, I'm not going to be devil's advocate, but I'm just going to explain why it doesn't justify it. But yeah. the reason why was because a lot of the immigrants that went to America, they just stayed in their own communities, you know, whether that, that was because they were like uh, comfortable with their own people or it's because the, they were forced to being isolated in those communities because the Americans were like, get away. We don't want to like assi assimilate with you guys. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was some topics to explain what the point that I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, don't worry, don't worry. So fast forwarding some years, right? The Chinese as well as the other immigrant communities kept being isolated from the American institutions. Like I was telling you right now, which forced them to create a community where they were with other immigrants, with their other immigrants counterparts, you know? So the Chinese community were staying with the Chinese, Italian stayed with the Italian, Italian community and so on and so forth. Right. And those are all in that information and that and that um, Im about the immigrants. I took about the book from Goldberg, J Joseph Goldberg, D David Joseph Goldberg, Discontent America from the United States mm -hmm. in the 1920s. Um, but surprisingly enough, one of the main ways that immigrants started to merge themselves with the Americans was by, you know, they took the phrase, the way to a man's heart is through the stomach. I think they took that phrase literally yeah. because um, they started, uh, what started to assimilate themselves with the Americans or the Americans started to like go with the, with immigrants was the food, right? Yeah. They started to go to Chinese restaurants, starting to go to Italian restaurants. They tried to go to uh, German restaurants or just, you know, Japanese restaurants, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it wasn't a Disney, Disney movie type thing where the Americans ate the food from the Chinese or other immigrants and then fell in love with the culture <laughs> and accepted them. As fellow Americans, they were like, dude, that food was like bussing. Let me get some more yeah. of that. And you're American now. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like a Disney type thing. Uh, well, not at all. Um, so the Chinese and other immigrants, and again, I'm using the specific example of the Chinese a lot because one, um, it's the thing that I most remember from my high school American US, um, uh, US history class is like, was the Chinese did this, you know, with yeah. the food. And two, when researching online, you know, the immigration food into America, the sources and articles and books always had the Chinese food, you know, as, as, the, as the prominent example. So again, back to what I was saying, it wasn't all sunshine and butterflies when it comes to Americans and Chinese food, but actually the Chinese had to adapt their plates and dishes to please the American palate, you know, because... Yeah. Like, uh, this is, we see this today. We see this today. We see that with Panda Express, like... You're not gonna go to Canada Express and say, "Oh my God!" Oh, this is genuine Chinese genuine authentic food. cuisine. Yeah, you know it's adapted to please please the American palate. Mm -hmm. And 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 you know, following what I was saying, some quotes that that I got from from the the book, "What What We Are, What We Eat: Ethnic Food and Marking of Americans" by Gabaccia Donna. Um, she said that even more Italians had to modify their offerings to accommodate the American taste. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like the Chinese, it was like all the immigrants, you know? And this is very similar to what we talked about in Beauty Sanders, like adapting to the Western exactly. palate. Exactly. It's 
how they have control. And, and, and check this out. The Chinese, like to begin, like to, uh, to, to attract the American customers, they had to offer English style plates in their own Chinese restaurants, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. So, and that's when they... Even their language is adapted. Ex yeah, no, there, there was like an example as well where to attract the American customers, they had to dress the Chinese like, um, like the table, the, what was the, what's the, uh, the meseras? Oh, the waiters. The waiters, they had to dress like American and, and, and then, you know, they greeted the American people in English and stuff and yeah. and the menu had American food plus then that and now the, the mixing of the Chinese food with the American food, yeah. you know? So Oh my god. Yeah, so that's the American cuisine mixture, you know. They had to assimilate, they had to adapt their food. And in in, in it's in, in a way it's like to survive, you yeah, know. Yeah, to survive in order to like get money. To get money and to like try and assimilate with these Americans, they had to like follow their standards, because you know. Because Americans would find this Threatening? Threatening? Yeah. yeah. But in more of a way, it's like... And, and, and threatening, and I guess they just didn't want, like, they, they found, they, they even said here in the Gabacha Donna book, a lot of Americans found uh, Chinese initially, like, initially, when they heard about the what the Chinese were, like, you know, uh, giving us food, they thought about it as weird, and they were just scared of trying it. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, um, American people are like, mayonnaise is spicy. Mayonnaise, but it's also, like, they're used to, like, adapt, like, the world adapting to Americans, like, at, like, Ameri like we can go deeper, like, the language is English, like, that's mm -hmm. the language that we all had to adapt to, mm -hmm. like, that's the universal language, mm -hmm. quote unquote, like, even the food has to be adapted. Exactly, so, so it's not like you adapt to, like, we bring a balance because you, you eat my food, no, yeah. I have to adapt, adapt my, my food, food, my culture, to what is you. Because you are the powerhouse. You, yes, place. and that is, I'm gonna go to that next, Ooh. so... Um, but but it's and it's crazy to think about because in this article um, from Charles Hirschman, the contributions of immigrants to American culture, more than any other aspect of culture, contemporary American cuisine combines traditions from almost every population on the planet. But it's called American cuisine, you know. Oh yeah. So it's like because. You can call it Chinese food, but we know it's like Americanized Chinese yeah. food, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we even have, and this is, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. I don't know. It's not sidetrack, but to follow this with more examples, we have our parents, remember? Our parents told us that once they went to like a Chinese restaurant and the, the owner of the Chinese restaurant told them, they invited them to have genuine Chinese food. Oh, remember? yeah. They had a friend who was um, Cantonese. Mm -hmm. um, his and like he invited my parents, like our, yeah, parents, our parents to, to his house to like try the to authentic. Try authentic, because and, and my, our parents got all excited because yeah. what they had experienced as Chinese food was already the Americanized version, the yeah. standard globalized version that thanks to because the, they had to adapt to the American palate, then a lot of people like started to get it, right? Yeah. But then when our parents tried it, it was like, this is completely Pretty different, different. Yeah. from what we thought it was, or what we usually were yeah. accustomed to being served in a Chinese restaurant or, or yeah, traditional Chinese restaurant. Um, to follow that, we also have Historia Dana Gabaccia, which is the same historian, you know, from the book that I already quoted, We Are What We Eat, you know, Ethnic Food and Making of the Americans from the Harvard University Press. Harvard University Press. Um, she said that traditional American cuisine is Creole mix that reflects influences from three major founding populations of indigenous American Indians, European Africans, 
-hmm. And also, she also, and then, but she also later said, over the last century, immigrants from Germany, Italy, Greece, Lebanon, China, Japan, and India have all left distinctive culinary marks on what Americans eat in restaurants and their homes, you know? Ethnic foods have become American foods. Yeah. Ethnic foods have become American foods and even American fast foods. Yeah. Because I'm going to touch about it a little bit later, but let me say it. Burgers, and this, this is a secret, burgers were not originally American. Oh my god. Can you believe it? Is it from Hamburg? Yes. Germany? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, but wait, wait, we're going back. But yeah. I want to, I found this uh, this article as well, really interesting from this NYU professor, this Italian NYU professor. He talked, he talked very, very greatly about like, the host country for it for like the food you know yeah. like the host country is what decides what is the standard again going back to that imperialism like who what is what is who sets the standard right so he said migrant culinary canons often develop develop following their own dynamics that are not necessarily the same as their cuisine of origin you know mm-hmm. the context the extent the external pressure and the internal structure are not the same yeah you know and that's and it, and we even have an example, you know, he, this, this dude even, I know he's a professor in NYU, but he's Italian, you know, he comes from Italy and he even talks about his own experience about when he went from Italy to, to, to visit some family in, in New York, yeah. the food, the food names and the pasta had the same names that he had back home, but the taste was like different, <laughs> like completely different. different. Yeah. And he also says food related traditions are filtered through cookbooks, media, and other discursive elements together with restaurants, stores, and other institutions, which over time establish conventions and expectations often shared and reinforced by the host community. Yeah. You know, so even though, and you talked about it, about we talked about it when I was doing research, you were like, but what about globalization? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can just Google this recipe and just be like, okay, I can make this Italian recipe. But then, you know, we have, we, we have this is a perfect, like, I would say counter argument for that because who who are those websites from you know those websites are american yeah and throughout that process of the media and culture all those like original recipes get lost again yeah it's like Like, yeah like everything becomes like not everything but i want to like say and add like for example like new york new Mm. york pizza yes it's not the same as As italian pizza or oh my god she called pizza disgusting but (laughs) You're gonna get um, a lot, we're probably gonna get a lot of hate of that. I don't care. Uh, it's disgusting, guys. Like, Chicago pizza is disgusting. It's it's funny though because Chicago pizza was still like like the Italian community in Chicago was still very prominent as the Italian yeah. community in, in New York. In New York, and like you go to Italy and the pizza, it's completely completely different. Yeah, it's barely has any cheese. The sauce is different. The the I want to say like the the bread, mm-hmm. not the bread, but the, like, the breading. Well, the base, right? The base is different. Everything is different, mm-hmm. and it's because like they had like every, like what you said, they had to adapt to the, mm-hmm. the to the United States. Exactly, and 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 we're gonna touch about that later because you can just and because of what you told me the other day and when we were doing our research, we were like saying, yeah, but it's still like if you go to Italy, you can still eat the original one. But we're gonna I'm gonna answer that question. Well, not answer that, but like say how there's still a problem with that, you know? Yeah. But to just to finish this um, uh, article of, of the NYU professor, he, is, he says, who claims authority to decide which aspect of a certain culture are authentic and as such worthy 
to be included in the heritage yeah. is the host community, yeah. you know. And this is, if you guys want to go read it, it's from Fabio Parasecoli, Food Identity and Cultural Reproduction in Immigrant Communities. He did a social research, and you can go ahead and read that article. Really interesting, had a really good fun. But, and now we can transition to what you were saying, that even though, you know, you can go to, the, to Italy and have genuine Italian pizza, like you said, you know, there's still the globalization of fast food yeah. from America. You know, because has dictated what, like, what pizza looks like as well. in in the world. In general, because yeah. because that's what you find in the world. You yeah. know, like in the world, you like in Paraguay, you're not gonna find what you find in Italy, right? No. But you're gonna find a Pizza Hut. Yeah. Which you're gonna find in the states, which you're gonna find in every other country, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, how did um? So now this is our next topic and final topic. Um, capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. How, but with food. Yeah. How did America set the fast food chain? St- standard throughout the world right um so which uh, first of all let's start with one of the most like traditional american dishes and even the fast food standard which is the hamburger first of all like you said the hamburger came from hamburg in germany and it was so similarly hamburger is the name for a native of the german city of hamburg which must have been the place of origin of the german sausage makers who popularized chopped beef Form into a cake and fry, you know? Yeah. So, and then, but then the Americans were like, my, you know? Yeah. But this information, uh, if you want, guys want to check it out, if I'm, <laughs> if you don't believe me, you can check it out. Charles Hirschman, The Contribution of Immigrants to American Culture. He talks about, you know, the, the origins of the hamburger and stuff. But he also talks about um, the TNC. And what is the TNC? The TNC is the Transnational Corporation or Multinational Corporations. And what they are are companies that operate in more than one country. You know, Unilever wow. is McDonald's, and Unilever, McDonald's, and Apple's are all examples of TNCs. You know, TNCs tend to have offices and headquarters located in developed world and in all over the world. Transnational corporations or TNCs are playing a key role. Okay, yeah. keyword key role in the ongoing globalization process. Their strategies largely determine volume and nature trade flows, foreign direct investments and financial flows. So what does the TNC have to do with fast food? Well, concerns about globalizing the modern food systems have become more acute with North Americans increasing obsession about obesity and other health costs of fast food and highly industrialized diets. And you can read this more with on the article in the review of Line Phillips, Food and Globalization. So basically what the TNC had to do, you know, in this like fast food chains like McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Burger King, it's like, you know, they're sending the bar and the sign is like how fast foods are made, you know, yeah. like the awful patties like okay and not, and not even how they're made but the process of going is like okay we're gonna get our meat from just these like cheap cows torture houses where they have like all, all the cows like pressured yeah. in one area because it's cheaper yeah you get a large quantities of it right yeah and this all definitely started in america you know america grabbed this the, the the sense of fast food and i know a lot of you have read and have watched uh fast food nation, fast food nation yeah. which doesn't am- and i'm gonna quote it soon but not right now which is an amazing work about explaining like the fast food nation that america created because they are the they're the entrepreneurs yeah, in this and why why because america is like the daddies and the the, the house and the puppies of capitalism yeah you know? 
So Americans found that you know this food that they, they they first initially was brought from Germany. They were like, what? You know what? We can probably create this in a very fast way, in a very like efficient way, cheap way. Grab it and then make a lot of money out of it. Mm -hmm. And then it was so good. It was so good locally that what happens naturally it expands. Yeah. And you know, so it and it expands also because they control the market. They could exactly. Yeah. So so but and and again so that goes again to the you know imperialists because they control the market and they control what the food is. Yeah. So how like, it looks like uh -huh. everything, the cost, everything. And yeah, and and if you go to other other different um, fast food places, they definitely always want to replicate the flavor or like the style. That these this like McDonald's have have set, you know. And that is so dangerous. Sometimes. That is dangerous because like you're cutting away from like local. Yes. Like local, like by globalizing this, you're cutting away not only the authenticity of the product, quote unquote authenticity, but you're also like cutting away from like um, maybe local restaurants. Like in Paraguay, if like a new McDonald's is open, like maybe the restaurant from like down the street from that has been there for like so long that it serves like traditional Paraguayan food. But it's not even Paraguay, it's like the whole world. Yeah, we're I'm just saying a specific example okay, yeah. is not as gonna have as much um it, it, because beca and, yeah and it's because like and just following exactly connecting what you were saying, it's because sometimes we don't even want to try something new. Like we already mm -hmm. been accustomed to McDonald's. We're like, okay, we know the flavor of it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to risk trying something new. I'm just going to, I'd rather go with something that I'm already used to having. And I know it's like solid or, or also like, it's cool. Cause I see it on the media. I see it on, yeah. on, on TV. I see <laughs> it. I see yeah, like, the, the, like, like everything. <laughs> like, like even right now, McDonald's is having a collaboration with, with BTS. Oh yeah. The BTS collaboration. Like everyone's going to get it. Mm -hmm. They are, they are, they are, they're smart. I'm gonna take like they're smart. Yeah. They collaborated with Travis Scott. They collaborated uh, with J Balvin. Balvin. Now they collaborated appealing to the Latino audience. With every yeah. And and but it all commenced and it all started with the food. You know, they grabbed it, and then they built that capitalist idea out of it. You yeah. know, and now and I heard one of my classmates in class talk about it. How it's almost like even a privilege to go somewhere else, even being American, because you're always going to have uh, a McDonald's mm -hmm. or a Burger King yeah. or a KFC wherever you go. Yeah. Like, you go to Japan. Wherever you or, go. Wherever right? you go. I don't even have to say examples. Wherever you go, you know you're going to have a McDonald's. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. So it's like... Even in Paraguay, guys, we have a lot of McDonald's We have a lot. It's not even one. Like, we have, a like, lot. all over the country. Yeah. So it's crazy, you know? Because in definitely like, the idea of capitalism and this go like neck and neck right but we're, we we want to focus a little bit more with the foods with the food side of things yeah. but they set this standard of what it is you know oh, could i can i curse no i'm not gonna curse the well f word yeah the biggest f word i want to just add this is side tracking um italians made specifically yes. food is the starbucks what were you thinking about the Starbucks, man, I went to Italy. There's only one Starbucks and it opened like three or five, three or four years ago. It's only in Milan and it's the ro ro roast, the Starbucks ro roastery. Rotisserie? No, rotisserie, I don't know. It's like a premium s Starbucks. Yeah. I Wait, it like, a, like a meal? Or no, like the, 
you have you have like meal like there's like it's fancy like oh like a fancy Starbucks yeah and oh. there's only one there there's not the chains are not like distributed around the country mm -hmm. and it's like a like if you go to one of those like there's one in Chicago and like they have like actual meals like pizza like croissants like croissant <laughs> like there's different levels you get you don't get the paper cups you get like an actual like glass yeah like those um porcelain like cups yo <laughs> it's amazing Sheesh. so it's like you can bring your starbucks but um you you yeah, have you to have adapt. To, like, adapt and there's only one like you don't get because Coffee is like very important, and but that's like you a, don't get to like but that's a perfect, mess with it. That's a perfect example of how to fight it, right? Yeah, and in Colombia, one of my friends from Colombia said like they wouldn't allow because Colombia obviously is one of like the biggest producers of, of coffee, coffee around the world, yeah. and they're like, if we allow this like company to come, they're just gonna take away from mm -hmm. like national mm -hmm. income. So they're like, you can, but you only can use like Colombian coffee, which which and it's another way which, to fight it. It's another you know? way to fight it, but at the same time, it's like. You're, you're showing examples of the extent of what countries and what um, companies have to go to like keep it keep, keep it their keep, economy no, no, well e economy but also culture, like yeah culture and, yeah. and just like tradition because like I okay that's funny that you say that because I think the, the McDonald's here in Paraguay even though we, we hadn't had it in like ages I think the the, the patty tastes way better than oh for sure because the, they America. don't like have this we we produce the meat I don't know mm -hmm. but the, but that's why I'm going back with the TNC because the TNC originally and initially was setting the standards of what type of meat to use and how yeah, to prepare the meat which and is stuff. Awful. Yeah, it's because really bad. Yeah, because then that means that initially we all had to eat like the same thing yeah. and they had to produce the same way. But I guess you know the more we evolved as as people and as society, we saw that the way that the United States uh, fast food industry treated their animals and stuff was not necessarily you know why do we have to do the same for yeah. it? You know? So it's definitely a way to fight it, but it's still, it's like still the, yeah, the chain it's still is still here, you know? Like, you know, it still happens. I got McDonald's in Italy. I'm going to say that uh, I'm sorry to all Italians. I wanted some McDonald's and I caved there. Um, mm -hmm. So, but, you know, and now I think it's like a perfect segue to, to, to quote, and this is the last quote that I have from Fast Food Nation, Ooh. from our good boy... Uh, what was his name? Schlosser? Eric Schlosser. Um, Eric, and I found this quote in a book, also like a certain a separated article that quoted um, Eric Schlosser's Fast Food Nation. This article was Fast Food Oppression Through the Poor Nutrition, written by Andrea Freeman. And she said how Schlosser's work has contributed immeasurably to the transformation of the popular view of McDonald's and other fast food restaurants as benevolent entities. Represented by kid-friendly figures such as Ronald McDonald and the Colonel, Colonel yeah. to, inter to international corporations who relentless right for profits comes as the expense of the world's health and well-being, you know? Yeah. Broadcasting the message that the fast food companies are significantly, significant social evil. Are, sorry. The fast food companies are a significant social evil and in it... The, Recognizing it, it's essential. It's essential to changing people's minds about the intentions of the fast food industry. You know, yeah. and these transformations in turn will open the door to itigations based on fast food deliberations, refusal to correct the proven itself. You know, so because 
countless times. So just to like munch it up a little bit, countless times um, there have been like proofs of how they're treating animals and how they're producing their own thing, but they do nothing basically. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have the Beyond Burgers now in McDonald's and Burger King mm. that are like made from plants. Yeah. But but still like this is like people are still gonna they it's like from McDonald's like you've been so institutionalized to like just want the patty the normal patty yeah this you is still, want the mcdonald's flavor yeah. like you want that mm -hmm. so and yeah so that's another perfect example of new, new imperialism with food you know setting up the standards to in one in one case to like sending up setting up the standards to the american and united states palate you know whether you're an immigrant you have to like make to food make food or to to like suit it. to suit the american yeah. um palate and, and, and flavor and in another way then you have like people coming to america and having to adapt to america and then america branching out oh, to the world yeah and then the world saying like adapting to it because they're like oh wow okay this is a fast food i'm gonna use it and then that chain is like a, like a key figure to like follow for other chains that want to open or or want to see like oh what people want in the in, in their yeah. bat in their patty in their burger in their in their fries you know mm -hmm. so yeah mm. Very, very progressive podcast for the, for the first episode. Yeah, we definitely gave a lot of information out. We're definitely going to link everything. We're, yeah, all of our sources are going to be linked in the description. Um, but it's just like something to think about. Obviously, we don't have all the answers. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I thank you, everybody. And with that, I guess we're going to wrap our first wrap podcast we're gonna wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up i so with this um i don't know i'm very happy and very excited this is our first podcast kind of nervous yeah. as well but i hope you enjoyed it i hope everybody who has been listening enjoyed it um learned something new has another topic to talk about in the table with their friends families yeah. uh loved ones um because it's definitely something, or enemies or enemies you or can enemies. you can talk this or enemies definitely so i hope we brought you more insight about um imperialism and neo-imperialism in today's world and how it can be different from the traditional definition of just imperialism mm -hmm. and how it can be ideas mm -hmm. so yeah I, um my name is angelo i this is my wonderful sister Nico? yeah so, <laughs> why do you say it's like you question uh, i don't know <laughs> and thank you so much everybody for joining us today we're yes, definitely thank you. Depending, yeah, we were very excited to continue and to continue doing podcasts and videos to you. So be on the lookout. Um, subscribe, hit the channel, uh, hit the, the like subscribe and hit the, the little bell so you're notified when we have new videos upcoming for you guys. Like I said, I hope you really you really enjoyed our first episode and you can get more insight and you gain more insight of, of more more things or more or imperialist knowledge. I would say right yeah. imperialism knowledge Don't even in today's days. Don't be fooled. So yeah, with that. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed. I love all of you guys. Remember to subscribe, like, give a comment if you want to share with us. We we answer our comments, and all of our all, all of all of our sources are gonna be linked in the below. description below. If you want to use it, you want to take care of it, or if you want to just quote us, right, or sources of us, yeah. because you know all of our information that we take is is comes from these sources. And I am my sister just telling me I'm babbling, but I love you guys so much. So hope you enjoy it. This is Quick Kissed. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. See you Ciao. in the next episode. Quickest.